0: welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the episode that has it all edition. (laughs) Today is episode 140, insect that flings pee with a butt catapult, you heard me, and rats that could seal up their vaginas. (laughs) I know. See, I wasn't lying when I said this episode really has it all, and rightfully so, because guess what, my delicious business goose, you and I Made it to 140 glorious episodes. Yes, give yourself a round of applause. God damn, that's right. <laughs> and each episode has been filled with more bizarre topics than the last. So you may be asking honestly, how can you top nearly three years of jaw dropping facts? Well, easy, my friends. You just add a butt catapult and vaginas. That can work magic. There you go. And these two topics, yes, you heard me, not one, but both topics were submitted by a business goose near and dear to my heart. Heidi, thank you for so much and for bringing these pea-flinging insects and sassy rodents into our lives. So what would I do without you? And uh, if any listener out there would like to share what they think is interesting, just hit me up on our social media stuffs, or you can email, well, that's interesting pod at gmail, and uh, I'll squeeze it in. I'll, uh, I'll squeeze it into the very long list of things to cover. And uh, by the way, I'm Jill Chacha, and if this is your first time listening, holy shit, welcome to the flock, my very young business goose. In the first half of the show, like the title says, researchers have discovered an absolute first... I'm really excited about this and it may sound silly as fuck (laughs) that an insect flings pee, but you will not fucking believe how quickly this little fella can catapult. It's kind of mind blowing and inspiring. Yes, I said the word inspiring. The, (laughs) it's true. The engineering behind this butt can actually help us in the future. I know. We're actually going to try and replicate this ass. Stick with me. Then after the break, vaginas. And giant vaginas, too. Um, Africa's giant pouched rats are fucking heroes, my friends. Not only for their vaginas. uh, They help us find landmines safely. And I'll get into that a little bit more. But thanks to their intelligence and humanitarian work, Researchers wanna know everything about them to keep them healthy and around for as long as possible. So it turns out one study focusing on their reproductive behavior revealed way, way more than expected. And um, it's also a first. Oh boy, yeah, what a fucking day it is. (laughs) So we should begin. And to do so, we need to head on over to the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta. It was here a romance for the ages was about to unfold. Quote, I saw these insects peeing once and fell in love. End quote, said senior author and biophysicist Saad Hamla of the Georgia Institute to livescience.com. Now, my friends, when you see these insects pee and understand the scope of their abilities, I'm telling you, you're going to fall in love too. And I'm talking about the relatives of cicadas, the legends known as glassy-winged sharpshooters. And everything about their name is totally apt. Please head on over to our social media stuffs, and behold the emerald beauty that is this insect. I will give you a few minutes just to find today's post. Awesome. Now, if for some reason, if... You have your hands full performing surgery or diffusing a bomb. Okay, don't worry. I've got you. I'm going to do my best to describe the glassy-winged sharpshooter. Now, I guess just start by imagining a cicada, but it's nowhere near as chonky and awkward-looking. I say just reduce it, streamline it a little bit, and paint it in various shades of green, and then just make that bitch shine, and uh, you got yourself a glassy-winged sharpshooter. A few more important things about these little fellas. They're only about half an inch, just 1.2 centimeters long. That's all. And they like to feed on sap from xylem, or the woody part of a plant, which brings up water and dissolved nutrients from the roots. Now, if you think about it, if shotgunning merely sap sounds a little watery and not the most nutritious you're absolutely right. The sharpshooter's diet is 95% water, which means it's chugging sap all day long to get enough good food to survive. And this amount of water means, that's right, you guessed it, it means they have to pee a lot to get rid of the excess. And I mean a lot, my friends. Grab your urethra and brace yourself. This insect pees up to 300 times their body weight every day. Now, if that sounds like an enormous amount, yes, yes, it fucking is. For perspective, we humans pee about 1 of our body weight per day. They pee 300 times their body weight. And um, also remember, these little guys are only half an inch long. They are tiny tiny insects which makes them an easy meal and this becomes even more dangerous when you have your pants down most of the day so nature is gonna nature here and uh that's right install one of the fastest butt catapults researchers have ever fucking seen on a creature yeah Let's get into it. Uh, We need to head on back to the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, where Obamla and fellow sharpshooter fangirls were absolutely determined to figure out how their little bodies worked. And, my friends, let me just tell you, their anatomy and the results of this study are a gift that just keeps on giving. Let's get into that. (laughs) Sorry. I'm already laughing. Using high-speed video and microscopes, the scientists ogled a structure at the sharpshooter's tail end, like near the butt, if you will, and they named it the anal stylus. (laughs) Yeah, you can laugh, go ahead. And uh, I want you to say it with me now, together. Anal stylus, well done, excellent. Now, it gets better. Uh, Banla has lovingly nicknamed the anal stylus because it needed something even more. They nicknamed it the butt flicker. If that doesn't warm your heart, I I don't know what will. Um, I highly recommend using butt flicker as a nickname for a loved one in your life, for that special little butt flicker in your life. Uh, I know, I'm going to do it. Uh, Anyway, uh, here's how the anal stylus or flicker works. (laughs) I can't believe I said those words. Okay, now I highly, highly recommend heading over to our social media stuffs and swiping through the screenshots of each of the steps I'm about to go over. Yes, I do this for a living. Um, Or, you know, if you don't want to see screenshots and you have the time, trust me, it takes literally half a second to watch this thing work. Now, to take it to the next level, drop your child or whatever it is you're holding and fire up your YouTube, and I want you to search... Quote, glass-winged sharpshooter insect ejecting droplets. Okay, I'll say that again. Glass-winged sharpshooter insect ejecting droplets. And at 15 seconds in, you'll see the magic happen. Do not fucking blink. It's pretty incredible. Now, if you're not watching or looking, please, it's imagination time. Step one. When the bug is ready to let loose, that stylus bends downward. And it does this to make room as the bug squeezes out a little droplet of urine. Adorable. Step two, when that bead of pee reaches just the right size, the quote stylus bends down even more. And then like the flippers of a pinball machine launches the droplet, accelerating more than 40 G's or 10 times faster than the fastest sports cars. End quote. From Charles Troy of life science. Thank you for that description, Charles. I will say it again, a pellet of piss being hurled with the force of 40 G's. <laughs> That's damn impressive. But here's a little more perspective to get your eyebrows raisin. Now that stylus is moving at just under one foot per second. Um, this tiny but mighty flicker creates enough power to eject that pee. 40 times faster than that. If the pea flings out of its butt at a staggering 1.05 feet per second, more than a foot. So round of applause. That's just, I, 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 this pea's moving more than a foot per second. Now, <clears throat> in sum, my friend, this process is called super propulsion. When compressed droplets store energy and their surface tension, just before launch to help catapult them at high speeds, and get this, this insect's ass parts are the first known example of super propulsion in nature. You got, you got to give it up. You got to give it up for this little insect. It's, it's never been seen before. At 40 g's, this is. I mean, come on. Thank you, thank you, very thank you in the back. Thank you. Now, now this first naturally forming super propelled catapult. In nature but belongs to this little little bug and it's for peeing i think that's outstanding and cool and hilarious and amazing and hilarious but i know what you may be thinking okay does this catapult really help with its survival and why the fuck do we even care well get this too my non-carrying anal stylus friend quote to see why sharpshooters catapulted pee instead of spraying urine in jets the researchers used micro ct scans to analyze the bug's anatomy and take measurements from the inside. This helped the team calculate the pressure and energy the insects needed for peeing, revealing that super propulsion demanded four to eight times less energy than jets did. End quote from Live Science. There you go, my friends. Less energy is used, and that's great for a bug that already needs to salvage as much energy as possible. Remember, its diet kind of fucking blows. And personally, I think peeing really fast is a great survival strategy. From predators or when you need to rush back into a theater at the movies, I think this is just a really great idea. And second, that second question, uh, how could that, how could this catapult help us? (laughs) Why do we care? Well, the study's first author... Elio Chalita, a fellow bios- biophysicist at the Georgia Institute, uh, they have a few ideas. They told Life Science, quote, water droplets often stick to surfaces due to surface tension, which can be under- undesirable in several contexts, such as cleaning and preventing damage to electronics. Super propulsion of droplets offers a way to eject droplets from surfaces by vibrating the surface to the vib- vibrational frequency of the droplets and, quote, anyway... I know you tuned out there, so basically, that's just a fancy-ass way of saying these findings may help engineers build devices that can clean themselves with less energy. And that's kind of cool, but Chalita also mentioned replicating this butt plug. Butt plug? (laughs) Replicating this bug butt. I, that's it, I, that's it. I'm, I'm leaving it in i don't care i'm leaving that in Jolita also mentioned by replicating this bug but it may improve the the efficiency of parts that soft flexible robots use to move which is just what we need cleaner faster moving ai oh great um anyway we, Let's get to a break after the break. Vaginas, (laughs) finally, Uh, we need to talk about one very special animal and the incredible trick it has up its sleeve or in its pants. You know what I'm saying. Please stay tuned.
1: Everybody shush,
0: William Shatner has something to say.
1: Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly.
0: Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen.
1: That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave
0: Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that.
1: Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the
0: future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I
1: I guess that's a point. So the podcast is called Big Picture Science, and you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist, and we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it. I love it. And it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, GoodPods, the other ones. (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So, what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting.
1: Twentieth Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2 now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon.
0: Shots! 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 That's fine.
1: Now streaming. Shots.
0: Just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around
1: here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? (laughs) With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Now streaming only on Hulu.
0: And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, if you don't already know them. Oh, God, I'm so excited about this. If you don't already know them, I'd love to introduce you to... A gigantic rat. Don't, don't, don't you dare, don't you dare stop this episode. I know I can see what you're doing. (laughs) I promise, I absolutely promise the rodent you're about to meet, I swear, let's just say you'll wish you could have one as a pet. I am fucking serious. I'm going to introduce to you the giant African pouched rat. Now, before you recoil at the idea of a giant pouched rat, (laughs) here's a few fucking genuinely incredible things about them. I have a list. I'm going to go through it. You're going to love them. Maybe even more than the insect, okay? Brace yourself. Number one, they could be trained to wear little backpacks. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. These little backpacks. And they wear these little backpacks so they can rescue people from disaster areas. Yeah, you heard me. So please come on by our social media stuffs, and just take a look for yourself. I'm going to have many, many delightful images waiting for you there, it, including rat vaginas. But before we get into that, we're, we're going to look at a giant African pouched rat with a little backpack, okay? So please come on by. This is a screenshot of Dr. Donna Keen. Uh, this is her post on Instagram, uh, sorry, Twitter, actually. And it states thusly, Quote, I train these clever creatures to save victims trapped in collapsed buildings after earthquakes. We kit them out with a rat backpack and train them to trigger a switch when they find a victim and come back for a tasty treat. And there, there's a photo. There's a photo of a very adorable creature with a little backpack and it's um, it's got its little treat in its hands. And I'm telling you, if this needs to be a Pixar film, this the whole fucking thing. the whole thing needs to be a Pixar film immediately. and the rat better survive Pixar, you goddamn monsters. okay, anyway, that's a tangent. So not only do they rescue people in distress, they actually prevent disasters from happening. This leads us to number two on our list. these rats are doing some of the most dangerous field work imaginable quote. The giant African pouched rat is also useful in some areas for detecting landmines. Their acute sense of smell is very effective in detecting explosives such as TNT, and at the same time, they are light enough not to detonate any of the mines. The rats are being trained by APOPO, a nonprofit social venture based in Tanzania. The training starts at four weeks of age when the rats are being handled to accustom them to humans and they're exposed to a variety of sights and sounds. They learn to associate a clicker with a food reward of banana or banana peanut paste. They are then trained to indicate a hole that contains TNT by nosing it for five seconds. They then learn to find the correct hole in a line of holes. (laughs) I'm an adult. Finally, the rat is trained to wear a harness and practices outdoors on a lead, finding inactive mines under soil. At the end of their training, they are tested. They must find all the mines in an area of 480 square yards that has been seeded with inactivated landmines. This is a blind test. Their handlers do not know where the mines are, and if they succeed, they are certified as bomb-sniffing rats. And quote. And that is from the wiki, and it's just too goddamn adorable. Good luck. Good luck to any rat out there testing as we speak. Godspeed. Anyway, my friends, we're up to a third goddamn reason to love these rats, if you're not already impressed. Back in 2021, these rats went through a series of lab tests to see if they can identify TB patients by smelling sputum. Yeah, I didn't know what that was either. So I looked it up and turns out sputum sounds a lot like what it is. Uh, It's a mixture of saliva and mucus coughed up from the respiratory tract. I know, I know, I actually had to clear my throat too. And these rats, with their extraordinary sense of smell and their ability to be trained, well, when you put those two things together with this sputum, (laughs) they were able to detect Who has tuberculosis? So that's enormous. That's enormous for the medical field. So hopefully by now, you're in love with these rats. And let me tell you, there are a lot of researchers and humanitarians in love with these rats and they want them healthy. And let's face it, they need to breed them. But here's the thing about giant African pouched rats. They're not sex crazed rodents, no. In fact, they're the complete opposite. Quote, while many fellow rodents are notorious for their ability to rampantly multiply, the pouched rats have proven frustratingly unprolific. Around a meter or three feet long from whiskers to tail, the animals are actually more closely related to a genus of Madagascan rodents than true rats. Their lifespan is also a relatively lengthy, lengthy eight years with some females holding off on breeding until they're four years old. Some will stop breeding again after one successful pregnancy. End quote from Tessa Calmandores of Science Alert. So one litter and you have to wait four years? Uh, It's truly baffling to a lot of scientists, and they wanted to find out what exactly is going on here. Now, one of those researchers was behavioral ecologist Alex Ophir and Cornell University ethologist Angela Freeman. And back in the year, no one remembers 2019, they decided to take a peek into the rats' very mysterious love lives. And boy, howdy, they got way more than they bargained for. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you up front, okay? While examining a, a group of rats, a sample of these rats, quote, Researchers took a closer look and found, to everyone's astonishment, many of the female rats hadn't merely sworn off kids; they closed up shop, sealing off their vaginas. In this morphological state, the females had a smaller uterus and a fused vaginal opening. What's more, their urine featured a profoundly different chemical composition than their nestmates with normal vaginal openings who were actively breeding. End quote from. Science alert. Now, you may have a lot of questions and comments like how and why, and I'd like to take notes. Well, all great questions and comments. But first, I have to do this. I have to. I need to send you over to our social media (laughs) stuffs. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm going to have a side-by-side comparison of one sealed rat vagina and one run-of-the-mill rat vagina. You're welcome. Yes. Now, there's clearly a difference here. And uh, yeah, we're about to dive right the fuck in. So my friends, hold on to your anatomically correct butts for the following. Okay, get this. Angela and fellow colleagues recorded 23 transitions in 17 out of the 51 female rats they observed. I'll say that again. L- listen to these numbers. 23 transitions in 17 of the 51 female rats they observed. That means 17 rats sealed and then reopened their vaginas more than once. (laughs) In fact, get this, quote, when one of the actively breeding females died of old age, seven of the colony members' vaginas opened up, end quote, from Science Alert. Hmm. This is getting interesting, so... What, in the holy fuck, what is behind this ballet of vaginas, if you will? What is orchestrating this behavior? Well, if those changes, which occurred after the breeding female, died, if that fact perked your ears, well, you're absolutely right. Quote, From this, we speculate that females might suppress the reproduction of others using volatile pheromonal olfactory signals. You could interpret it as manipulation by one female to get the other females to stop reproducing. And in effect, they'll often in these cases start to contribute to the care of the dominant reproducing female. End quote, said Alex Ophir. Yeah, so my friends, I think I I know what you may be thinking. (laughs) Like, is this common? And what olfactory signals are we talking about here? Well, yeah, first, yeah, actually... Using pheromones to maintain a group's population is totally a thing. Uh, Science Alert reports naked mole rat queens feed their subordinates their hormone filled poop to turn them into nannies. I'll, I'll say that spectacular sentence again. Uh, naked mole rat queens feed their subordinates hormone filled poop to turn them into nannies. Um, still not as bad as the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Anyway, that's just. New York here anyway but that's common but (laughs) big butt here or vagina rather physically closing off that organ this is super unusual um also super unusual the hormones associated with breeding cycles in rodents did not determine which females had opened or closed vaginas so we're actually not sure which olfactory signals are signaling (laughs) quote The fact that there is a naturally occurring ability to sort of change reproductive morphology and physiology suggests that things are probably a whole lot more plastic than we realize, said Alex. If nothing else, it just provides another example that things aren't as dogmatically simple as people think. End quote. Alex, you're goddamn right. Sometimes some things want a vagina and they don't. And then they don't. And then they do again. And sometimes they want to use it to make kids. And then sometimes they don't. I'm sure there's a lesson in here somewhere. Uh, maybe we could learn from it, the giant African pouch rat. Anyway, wink. Just nudge, nudge. Just anyway. Thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about the butt catapult. Maybe with like no context, just text them, like about the anal stylus, <laughs> and then call them that you're a little butt flicker. Anyway, I that's your relationship, and please tell them about these magical rats that not only find landmines and save lives, but you know, they just sometimes they just don't want kids, and we're looking into it. It's pretty pretty inspiring, and please, please, stay interesting.